Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Dot Differently. I am Rabbi Joel Roth of the Jewish Theological Seminary in New York and the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. Today, we are looking at Ketubot, page Nundal, page 54. On page 54b, we begin the fifth chapter of Masechet Ketubot. This chapter is called Aalpi. This Mishnah that appears on 54b will be the focus of the Talmud's discussion for several pages. So, what I would like to do with you today is to study at least the first half of the Mishnah together. Allow me to read the first part of that Mishnah to you. Let me stop there for the moment. This says, even though they said, they used the, the sages who stipulated that Betula, a woman getting married who was previously unmarried, the term, of course, literally means a virgin, that we are not going to take the time to discuss now whether or not the figures we're about to stipulate apply if she is being married for the first time but is not a virgin. We will use the term betula to mean basically being married for the first time. Even though the sages said that a woman being married for the first time collects 200 and a widow that is to say, a widow who is being married a second time now, collects a maner, that is to say, a maner is 100, if he, that is to say, the, the man who is marrying either of these women, wishes to add Lohosif, even a hundred maner, he may add it. Now, allow me to clarify some of the words and, and, and make us understand what's going on. The term matayim, which means 200, appeared in this Mishnah, and it is shorthand for 200 zoos. 200 zoos. And a zoos is the same as a dinar. So matayim means 200 zoos or 200 dinar. And that is the standard amount of a ketubah being written for a woman who is being married for the first time. If a woman is a, an almana, she is a widow, and, and is now being remarried, the standard amount in the ketubah is one half of that, called a maneh. That is to say, a maneh is one half of the matayim zuz which is the standard amount for a woman being married for the first time. A manet is a hundred zoos. 
But then the Mishnah says that those are the standard amounts. But if the husband wishes to add Lohosif, even Me'ar Manev, that would be 10,000 zoos. 10,000 zoos. He may do so. Let me now stipulate some terminology which is very, very common. If a husband adds something to the ketubah, that is called a tosefet ketubah, an addition to the ketubah. That leads us then to two different words, two different phrases. One, ikar ketubah, which means the basic amount of the ketubah, namely, for a previously unmarried woman, it's 200 sous. For a widow, it is 100 sous. And anything additional called a tosefet, called a, uh, an addition to the ketubah. I add parenthetically that in almost all ketubot written today, there is a tosefet ketubah included in it. It is not really, man it is not really mandatory but it is the common thing to do. Now, before I read the next part of the Mishnah, I would like to make certain that we understand the difference between two stages in marriage in Jewish law. The first stage is called Erusin or Kiddushin. Let us make it clear that that, though often translated as engagement or betrothal, is not at all what Western civilization understands the term engagement to mean. In the Western world today, we understand the term engagement to be something without any legal force whatsoever. If either party wishes to terminate the engagement, all they have to do is say the engagement is off. And that is not the case in Jewish law. The betrothal, the engagement, is, the, is the, 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 the fact that the man gives the woman something of worth and says, you are betrothed to me with this according to the laws of Moses and Israel. If a man wishes to terminate the betrothal, he cannot simply say our betrothal is off. He must pay off some Elements, at least some elements of the Ketubah, we'll be reading about that soon, um, even if he is terminating the betrothal, even though the second stage of marriage had never been entered into. What is the second stage? The second stage is called Nisuin. Nisuin means marriage, and it reflects the time when the man and the woman begin to live together as husband and wife. That is to say, she moves in with him, and they live now together as husband and wife. And now, I am ready to read the next part of the Mishnah. So the Mishnah says, If the woman was a widow or divorced, If she was divorced, either from the betrothal or from the marriage itself. That is, she was divorced or widowed after they were betrothed but prior to their being married, or the divorce or, 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 or widowhood took effect 
that began living together as husband and wife, she collects the entire amount of the ketubah, that is to say, including the tosefet. But the Mishnah includes a different view. Rabbi Elazar ben Azar there, Rabbi Elazar ben Azar says, Min hanisuin If she becomes widow or divorced after she is living together with her husband as husband, as husband and wife, then she collects the entire ketubah. But, in Hayrusim, if the widowhood or the divorce takes place from the betrothal stage of the marriage, Betula govan matayim the almana maneh. Then the Betula, the moon being married for the first time, collects only the 200, which is the Ikar Ketula, or the widow collects only the 100, which is the Ikar Ketula, and Rabbi Elazar ben Azari explains, Shalom Katarva el almanat lechonsa. When the husband added to the ketuba some additional amount, he had in mind getting that he would in fact begin living with her as husband and wife, and that additional amount was predicated on that having taken place. Therefore, if it never took place because he either divorced her. Or 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 or, uh, or she became widow in the Abrusim stage, in the betrothal stage. She does not collect the uh, the tosefet, the addition. She only collects the ikar ketubah. She only collects the first part of the ketubah. The and now I want to read to you the first line of the Gemara. The first line of the Gemara reads as follows: Shittat. Pshita means it's very simple. This is a very common way of the Gemara raising a question that is asking what is being added by the claim of the Mishnah that if he wants to add to the Ketubah, he can add to the Ketubah. Isn't it self-evident that if a man wants to add a certain amount to the Ketubah beyond the minimal amount required by the law, that that would be his prerogative? So what is the Mishnah trying to teach me? After all, by the way, it is always clear to the Gemara that whatever is said in the Mishnah is said for good reason. That it wouldn't be saying something which is self-evident and obvious. That's what the term Pshita always means. To which the Gemara answers, Mahu Tema. No, no, it is not so self-evident and obvious. For what might you have thought? You might have thought, Sutta you might have thought that the amount of 200 for a previously unmarried woman and 100 for a previously married woman was a set amount to which you couldn't add anything in order not to embarrass men who are unable to give any addition whatsoever. Therefore, Kamashmalan, the Mishnah comes to teach us that in fact, even though you might have thought that you cannot add anything, in fact, you can. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.